Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. podcast i am andrew alex from espn blacksburg yes my friends i am back and i am joined by the usual suspects first all the way at the beach in the 757 where they have bridges that turn into tunnels we have ricky LeBlue. ricky what's popping dude you know how long it took me to realize that like tunnels wasn't something that everyone else was used to like i, I grew up with that stuff right and then when I go to Blacksburg and all my, all my friends are from Richmond and from Nova and wherever, I tell them we have tunnels and they look at me like I've got five heads. As a native of the New York area, I mean, I'm used to tunnels. We have like the Lincoln Tunnel to get into New York City. I had never seen a bridge that just dips into the water. That was that was a sight to be seen for the first time. I gotta We've got you. two of those. Wow. Do you know where they don't have those? Northern Virginia. That's where we find Mike McDaniel this evening. Michael, how are you? What's going on, guys? Not much. Not much. We got plenty to talk about. We will preview everything. Virginia Tech, Louisville, big matchup at 4 p.m. on Saturday. But first, I have to tell you, the Hoogie Hangover podcast is made possible by Main Street Pharmacy in downtown Blacksburg. Main Street Pharmacy is the premier pharmacy if you want to be treated like a neighbor rather than a number. Do you think CVS donates to podcasts and funds Hokie sports and local Blacksburg youth baseball teams? The answer is no, they don't. Main Street Pharmacy does that. Support people that support your community. Go to Main Street Pharmacy. My good friend, Dr. Jeremy Counts, and his wonderful staff will take care of everything you need. Well, gentlemen, we are where we are. For the first time since Hendon Hooker took over at quarterback, the Virginia Tech Hokies lost a game that nobody in the college football world believed they had a chance of dropping. If you're wondering why the Virginia Tech fan base is so livid, I mean, let's be honest. They've seen this movie before, whether it be 2019 Duke, 2018 ODU, 2017 Georgia Tech, 2016 hit Syracuse. The Hokies under Justin Fuente have seemed to always manage to drop a game to a team that they were clearly superior to, at least on paper. But in the context of this current season, the Wake Forest loss just seemed a little bit different. You know, fans were willing to accept and look past their first loss of the season because they were defensively shorthanded against a top 10 North Carolina team. And Hokies overall resume showed the Tech had one of the most explosive offenses in the country. I mean, midseason watch lists had a couple of players and the much maligned head coach for national award consideration. But then you can find a few turnovers and failed scoring opportunities and you end up 
with a sobering loss to a Wake Forest team in a game that you entered as a 10-point favorite. Gentlemen, a tough pill to swallow, to say the least. But now that loss is behind us. The result is unchangeable, and the Hokies prepare to face the Louisville Cardinals for the first time since Louisville entered the ACC. The Hokies enter the game as a team that finds themselves in sort of a purgatory in the eyes of their fans in the college football world, a a crossroads of sort. Will they take care of business as the favorite and get back on track, finish the season with the kind of record that we might have expected out of the team we saw in the first month? Or will Wake turn out to be the straw that broke the camel's back and led to a string of ugly losses in a mediocre season that ultimately proved that the Hokies were nowhere near the force that we deemed them to be when they were running all over everyone in September? For this program, for this fan base, the question is, how will they bounce back? Because it's put up or shut up time, my friends. With all this said, and before we start talking about Louisville in a more technical preview sense, gentlemen, I want to know what your thoughts are about this game when we look at the big picture for the season and the program. Well, it's certainly important. Um, Virginia Tech generally does good in games coming off of a loss. I don't know what Fuente's record is off the top of my head. From my understanding, it's pretty pretty good. Um, if they were to somehow lose this game, um, it would certainly just bolster the problems that a lot of fans have with this coaching staff and their inability to uh, basically to keep a good thing going because that's that's been the problem in Blacksburg since Justin Fuente arrived and these these underwhelming performances are what's really annoying the hell out of a lot of people. And to an extent, it's warranted. Um, so this game does take on a, a bit more importance. Uh, Virginia Tech doesn't see Louisville that often. Uh, this is actually the first time that the two teams have played each other since Louisville joined the ACC. Uh, so may- maybe there's some sort of extra weight in this matchup there. Uh, but Louisville is a program that I do believe is on the rise under uh, Scott Satterfield, but they should not be close to where Virginia Tech should be in terms of the track and trajectories of each program. Scott uh, Satterfield's in year two. He is still getting his players into the program. He is still cycling out guys that he doesn't think need to be on the team. Uh, Justin Fuente has had that process done and finished, right? He's in year five. So there's a big difference there. So Virginia Tech, I, I do think, does need to come out and win this game um, by 10 or more. Um, I understand Louisville's been playing better lately, and there are some matchup issues. But if you want to instill confidence in the fan base, you need to beat a two-win team by at least double digits. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, so Louisville is – you know, they're second worst in the conference in turnover margin. They have the third worst defense on a yards per play basis in the ACC. Um, this is a team that Virginia Tech should beat. But we thought that about Wake Forest. And Justin Fuente tends to have Virginia Tech play well after losing. Um, the, the team usually responds well after losses. But it, it's a troubling trend, obviously. You know, Ricky and I talked about a bit in the recap how there seems to be kind of one game a year where Virginia tech is a double digit favorite or at least a, a favorite by more than a touchdown where 
you expect the Hokies to go out and, and win that game pretty convincingly, and they just don't seem to ever find a way to do that. And, and it usually happens at least once a season. Uh, that was the sixth loss under Fuente um, when the Hokies have been ranked to an unranked opponent, which is not a good trend seeing that he's in year five. But this game's really important. The Louisville game before the season held a ton of importance because I think a lot of people expected Louisville to be better than they actually are. And now they're at this point of the season where Louisville is now kind of going on that trajectory where they've played better the last three weeks or so. Um, and Virginia Tech is coming off of a loss that not a lot of people expected. So this game is holding similar importance to the beginning of the year, even though the way that both teams kind of got to this point are very different. Um, Virginia Tech probably a little bit better start to the year than a lot of people expected insofar as like the way tech looked and how well they played through the first month of the year. Um, but then dropping that unexpected game against wake forest and having Louisville perform poorly throughout the first month of the year. And then just kind of bounce back and kind of look like this team now that's starting to figure some things out. It's a tough spot for the Hokies because Louisville's got a really talented team. And on the larger scale, this is a game that a lot of Virginia Tech fans feel like Justin Puente in year five should win. And I agree with them. And it's hard to kind of disagree with that sentiment, given, you know, where these two programs are, like Ricky alluded to. So I think this is a really important game for Justin Puente. And I think it's even amplified further by the fact that Virginia Tech just lost a game that they probably should have won going away. Yeah, I mean, who are the Louisville Cardinals? They come out and just have an abysmal start to the season. They lose to Georgia Tech. They lost close against Pitt. Lost a shootout with Miami, but they lost. They scored a bunch of points, but they ended up losing by more than two scores. They get the bye week, and that's when this offense uh, and basically the unit as a whole kind of turns it around, right? Malik Cunningham has played a lot better. The offensive line's been able to protect him, and they go out after playing Notre Dame to a far closer game than Notre Dame fans would have liked to have seen, be it a 12 to seven Notre Dame victory and come out and just beat the gas out of Florida state. So if you're a Virginia tech fan coming up with this loss, it's hard not to be like Louisville is peaking at the right time. Their skill players didn't get any worse from the skill players that we thought they were coming to the season. Tutu Atwell still got speed. Malik Cunningham is still a, Swiss army knife of a dual threat quarterback behind center. And this offense runs through him. Their running game has been fantastic. So Mike, I'll ask you this one first. What about Louisville's offense? Do you think poses the biggest potential mismatch against Virginia tech? Yeah. I think a lot of the Virginia tech podcasts are going to come at this at the, at a similar angle. And Justin Fuente talked about it in his press conference earlier this week. What troubles uh, what, what's troubling for Virginia Tech in this game is the fact that Louisville has so much team speed on offense. Javion Hawkins, 2-2 Atwell, Malik Cunningham can run. Um, they, Des Fitzpatrick at receiver. They just have a lot of high-level skill talent guys, four-star athletes on the outside and, and in running back and at quarterback who can really make an impact on the game with how quickly – they can turn a short pass into a long pass, a short run into a long run. Um, you know, Virginia Tech faced a similar team earlier this year in North Carolina, and it did not go well. Um, so that's what's troubling about Louisville. 
the thing about Louisville that favors Virginia Tech is the fact that the Cardinals defense is very, very bad, like real, real bad um, to the point where Virginia Tech can keep up and score with Louisville. Um, But the thing about that is that Louisville over the last two weeks has looked really good defensively. Um, only gave up 12 points to Notre Dame, obviously did what they did to Florida State. It's just like this team is just really talented defensively. They just haven't really found a way to put it all together until recently. And I think you're starting to see now with the Florida State game um, and especially how they looked against Notre Dame, a very talented uh, team that they played against in South Bend. You're seeing a defense starting to figure some things out here. And I think that's it's troubling if you're a Virginia Tech fan um, to kind of look at this defense and see that, you know, they're really starting to put it together. And when they have all that offensive skill talent to boot, you know, there's plenty of plenty of things to be afraid of on the Louisville side for sure. Ricky, now looking at the way the defense played against Wake Forest, now offensively, believe it or not, we wouldn't have thought that going into the game, but the offense was the issue. The defense kind of picked their game. I probably played their most complete game as a unit against Wake Forest. Seeing what we've seen now with Divine Diablo back and Devin Taylor now back at safety, it seems to be a little more complete of a team. However, on the other side, Louisville can run the ball and there's obviously questions about this Virginia Tech defensive front and their ability to get off the ball and, and put some pressure at the line of scrimmage, not allow these big holes for these running backs to hit. Where are you right now with this defense in terms of confidence, especially against a team like Mike mentioned that has speed just at every skill position? Uh, Not very confident. (laughs) Um, I'm going to need to see more than a good half against Wake Forest. I mean, the – Tech still gave up a decent amount of yards in the first half. They still showed that they struggled to, to hold up the big play. And as Mike mentioned, with Louisville's team speed, that's going to be a problem. Um, if you go by the advanced metrics, Louisville's a top 20, top 25 offense, both in terms of efficiency um, in points and efficiency in yards gained. Um, the other problem is that Malik Cunningham is really starting to get on a roll here. He's gone three weeks without a pick. He's completing 74% of his passes over the last two weeks. Um, They are tied for eighth in 20 yard or more plays. So this is an offense that can put up points and move the football in a hurry. And historically that's been kind of an Achilles heel for a Virginia tech defense. And I know that the coordinators have changed, but this is still somewhat similar to the roster that we've seen over the last couple of years with Bud Foster running the show. And we all know how much of a problem allowing the big play was for those groups. Um, So I do think that this unit has gotten better, but if you're going to ask, if you're going to ask me if, if tech can hold this team, this Louisville team to under 30 points, I'm not feeling all that great about it. uh, Just given how much better Malik Cunningham has looked, even in the Notre Dame game where they didn't move the ball that much. He was completing a high clip of his throws and he was, he was managing the game quite well against a far superior team. And I think he deserves some credit for that. So uh, he is playing well. He's got some really good weapons. Hawkins is going to be a serious problem. Um, And I I do believe that Satterfield can scheme up some points here and it's really going to put the pressure on the Hokies to, iron out some of their offensive problems. They're going to have to take care of the football. They're going to have to figure out how to move the ball downfield through the air. 
and they're going to have to become more efficient in the run game because they were not efficient early on against Wake Forest. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, we kind of have to accept that the run defense is what it is, and it's going to be the corners for Virginia Tech allowing big plays is, is going to be the difference. Now, think back to the Carolina game, right? That 43-yard touchdown pass right before the half to Deami Brown from Sam Howell, that's just a killer, right? And, and though they were able to bounce back from it, you can let up big plays, but you got to be able to kind of turn around and as a defense, hunker down and not let them just suck the life out of you. Because quite frankly, and I, I don't know, Mike, do you agree with this? Is Tutu Atwell the best all-around athlete that Virginia Tech has seen all year on the offensive side of the ball? Ooh. Um, I don't know, man. man. Deami Brown's know. pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'd say probably Deami Brown, but uh, Tutu Atwell's damn good. I mean, he's in that class for sure. I don't know if, if he's better, but he's just he's every bit as good, in my opinion. Now, now, what about the linebackers? What did you see from them in the last game? Looking for this because – Cunningham can do so much on his feet and then extend plays. I feel like there's going to be more responsibility on guys like the inside linebackers, as well as Jamari Connor to be aware of where he is on the field and kind of contain him. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's even more problematic when you think about the fact that Gerard, he was going to be out a half. So, you know, the Hokies aren't going to have him in the first half. Deshaun Crawford is still working his way back from a serious knee strain that he had um, in fall camp and re-aggravated. Uh, early on this year in the NC State game in the opener. So he's still kind of working his way back. Looks like he's getting stronger, but uh, Tech's going to be limited from a depth perspective at defensive tackle, which, you know, we've talked about that being an issue before for Virginia Tech, the interior defensive line, uh, you know, just not having the depth there that you'd expect um, given, you know, the types of offenses they're facing here. Because, I mean, let's face it, you know, some of these offenses that Tech's been playing early on in the year, they've been really good teams who have been able to run between the tackles. And Louisville's no different with Javion Hawkins. They're going to attack you in that way. And so I think for for the linebacking core, whether it's Ashby in the middle or Dax, who I know, you know, I know Dax Hollyfield's been working in um, behind Ashby a bit, um, or Alan Tisdale, whoever it ends up being, the defensive backfield as a whole linebackers safeties everybody needs to tackle well because we're going into this matchup knowing that the interior portion of tech's defensive line is going to be under a lot of pressure to begin with number one Um, but number two from a depth standpoint it's going to be all that much more difficult without having hewitt in the first half um, because Hewitt hasn't been phenomenal this year, but he's been good enough and not having him for a half against this offense. It's as good as running at running the football as they are. is going to be a difficult task for Virginia tech. And they're going to have to be up to the challenge, whether it's on the defensive line or in that linebacking core. But truthfully, I think the linebacking core is going to have to have their best game of the year in order for Virginia tech to hold this running game down. Now let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball. We saw wake forest do it. They committed basically their entire defense early on in the game to stopping Virginia Tech's run attack forced Hendon Hooker to put the ball in the air. And that led to some turnovers and some failed execution in the red zone and beyond. We have been asking about this all season. Can Virginia Tech effectively drop back in the pocket and put the ball in the air? Hendon Hooker is the key player for this game. In my opinion, Mike, do you think he can bounce back? Yeah, I do. Um, But I think it's really going to be dependent on how well tech runs the ball, because honestly, Hendon Hooker as a passer is 
he's not this kind of drop back guy who's just going to be able to throw the ball when it's predictable at a high at a high clip and that's not all totally on hooker that's on the receiving core too that's on the offensive line to protect him and at the end of the day it's on hooker to make better throws when he's in predictable passing situations but I think he'll play better in this game. I think Tech's offense will play better as a whole because I do believe the running game will get back on track here against Louisville's defense. Um, if if not, we're going to have some questions about the offense, which is a weird thing to say, but I'm not too overly concerned about that. Um, I think Tech's passing game will be better in this game because they'll be able to kind of get back to the run. Um, Hooker, I think, will be able to be put in situations where um, there's more like misdirection with the receivers and that sort of thing where – they can kind of scheme guys open a bit more Um, and they're going to have to because something needs to happen for these receivers to get open more consistently for hooker Uh, because like we talked about on the recap Ricky and I like text receivers aren't good enough at this point one-on-one individually to be relied upon to separate on their own if they're going to have to be schemed open and a lot of that's going to be predicated on the running game and for Brad Cornelson to put uh, these receivers in better position to make plays down the field. Ricky, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously an uncharacteristically turnover-prone performance for Hendon Hooker. What does he got to do to get back on track? Like Mike mentioned, they have to run the football more efficiently. Fortunately for them, Louisville's rush defense is um, just inside the top 70. So <laughs> Out of like 70, I guess it was 75 teams prior to last weekend, and now yeah, it's like so- 85-90. Terrible. Yeah, so the the Cardinal rush defense is not good, to, to put it nicely. Um, the issue here, though, is that we saw a severe regression from Virginia Tech's offensive line in the Wake Forest game. They were really kind of controlled and manhandled up front. That was the first time we've seen that all year. Um, Virginia Tech needs to move the ball on the ground in order for the passing game to work. Um, frankly, I'm not all that sure why the Hokies haven't been able to scheme open the receivers more. Um, we saw them have more success with this early on in the Justin Fuente era, but, um, I'm just not seeing a lot of creativity from Brad Cornelson and, um, and his, his game plan in order to get guys open. I'm doing a, a passing kind of review of, Hooker's performance against Wake Forest. And there are, are a couple good plays and good throws that I, I bring up. Um, and they're coming from play action sets. And Hooker showed last year and he's shown this year that he is a much better passer in the play action because it takes a lot of safeties and linebackers out of the play. And it gives him more wide open throwing lanes. Um, we saw specifically in the Wake Forest game that when Hooker has a tight throwing window, the completion percentage goes down dramatically uh, and sometimes they result in turnovers. So this offense really needs to move the ball on the ground. If they're going to get this done, uh, that falls on a lot of different people uh, it falls on hooker for making good reads in the read option game. It falls on the offensive line for playing better than they did against Wake Forest. It falls on Khalil Herbert for continuing to be what he's done because quite frankly, I thought he was good against Wake Forest, but there were a lot fewer holes to run through. Um, and it falls on Brad Cornelson to be creative, to find ways to get this offense flowing. Um, they've got to get the play action game going and they've got to make it an emphasis in this game um, because there, there should be some chances 
to connect on some big throws downfield because I do think they're going to run the ball more effectively. Um, but it's it's really a, a, a strong confluence of events here that have that have created quite the perfect storm for Virginia Tech's passing offense to struggle so much. Hendon Hooker hasn't played as well as you'd like. The offense isn't as creative as you would like. The receivers are not doing enough on the outside to generate separation. The offensive line is much better in the run game. All of that is contributing to uh, what looks a lot like the 20, late 2017 passing offense where Josh Jackson was severely hobbled and the Hokies really could not move the ball on offense at all, specifically through the air. That's what it looked like against Wake Forest, and they need to fix that. Now, when you look at the Virginia Tech offense against Wake Forest, I mean, they were able to move the ball well, but obviously weren't able to come away with many points. They moved the ball well on the other on their side of the yes. 50. Once they got to the yeah. other side of the 50, things really bogged down, no, they and, were in, and specifically the, in the red zone. Yeah, inside the Louisville 40, I believe it was a bitter tweet. The game hadn't come to – like, you know, it wasn't over yet. They were inside the Louisville 40 at one point in the game nine times – and came away with 16 points. Now, there were missed field goals. There were turnovers. But at the end of the day, do you blame that lack of scoring success more on lack of execution? Or were there play calling issues there as well? Uh, man, I, I, feel, I really feel like it's 50-50. Because in in the review that, I, uh, that I'm working on, I go over some missed throws that Hooker had. Hooker had some guys open that he just flat out missed him. Um, he had some reads that were just flat out the wrong read. And then we also saw Virginia Tech's receivers get bottled up on a consistent basis. And when that's the case, where the heck is Hennenberger supposed to put the football? So it falls on both the offense and Hooker to execute. The, 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 the coaching staff, Brad Cornelson, he's got to execute these play calls. He's got to make in-game adjustments and get these guys open. We saw – a quick out route to Tavion Robinson that quite frankly, I don't remember the last time I saw a quick out in this offense. It was a staple in 2017 with Josh Jackson and Cam Phillips. Um, and we saw it a bit with Ryan Willis in 2018, but that quick out used to be such a reliable play for this Virginia tech offense. And we finally saw it once or twice in this game against Wake Forest and if they're going to be playing off coverage, that's a cheap 5, 10 yards right off the bat. Um, I know that the Hokies have struggled a lot in press, but if they're going to be getting some off looks like they got against Wake Forest, they need to be taking advantage of those. Mike, do you have any uh, other key matchups you'd like to discuss? I think what it's really going to come down to is Virginia Tech's ability just to execute the game plan. We just didn't see a well-executed game. Take uh, care of the, the damn ball. Just take care of the ball and do the simple things, you know, um, just run the ball. Well, uh, you got a really good offensive line. The offensive line just needs to continue to do what they do. Um, it was a struggle against Wake Forest. They need to adjust and play better. It was the offensive line's worst game of the year. Um, so they just need to simply execute better. Um, your last question, Andrew, about the, whether it was execution or game plan, I tend to agree with Ricky that it was 50 50, but I also tend to think that this was Virginia tech's worst executed game of the year, as far as how they played. So while I think that, you know, some aspects of the passing game can certainly be improved with how they scheme open some of the receivers. I just feel like Virginia tech is in a situation now where it's going to really just come down to how well they execute. 
you look at Virginia Tech's game against Wake Forest with the amount of success that they had, like Ricky said, on their own side of the field and how it just didn't come to fruition. And, and it made me kind of sympathize for Boston College fans the week before because early in that game, Boston College was moving the ball pretty effectively. I was worried about their run game, but then fumbles caused turnovers and they basically went away from that. And then Djokovic turned it over in the air, but the offense had potential and here we go. And it's an uncharacteristic five turnovers for Boston College. They're not going to turn the ball over five times in most games. They come back, they take care of the football and they go and beat the brains out of uh, Georgia tech, put up like 40 plus points on them. That's what Virginia tech needs to be. You're if you're a run control offense, you can't be turning the ball over all the time. You can't, you can't be turning it over in the air and giving Wake for a short field because it's just simply not going to work. That's never going to work. And for a Virginia tech team who was, I think the superiorly talented team over Wake Forest, it was their undoing. It can be the undoing of any team who's on the wrong side of an upset. Final thoughts, Ricky, before we get to our ACC picks. This game will ride heavily on Virginia Tech converting opportunities. I do think they're going to move the football similarly to how they did against Wake Forest, but they've got to get home. They've got to convert. Um, they can't be settling for four or five field goal attempts. They need to take care of the football and not turn the ball over in the red zone. And they need to take advantage of these drives because I do think they're going to give up some points. Uh, I do not think they're going to give up 23 points in this game. It would not shock me if Louisville gets at least a 30-31. And if that's the case, the Hokies obviously need to be way more efficient on offense than they were. I do think we'll see Hennon and Hooker make some smarter decisions. I do think the offensive line is going to play a bit better. Um, but ultimately... I think offensively how they can generate separation on the outside will go a long way in determining how this, this game goes. I mean, I can't help but think that Louisville, they have very athletic linebackers. You know, their D line isn't special, but neither was Wake Forest. And they kind of just stacked the box and Boris took her to put the ball in the air and hooker beat himself. They're going to do that again. And hooker's got to be efficient on the offensive side of the ball. That's pretty much all I can come up with other than limit the big plays on defense. These guys are good. The defensive line, they can't be tragic. And I totally forgot about the Gerard Hewitt thing until you brought that up, and that makes me worried. Fuga has actually looked a little bit better, I will say. He, he's kind of the emerging star, if you could ever find one right now, on that defensive line. And he, that and Deshaun Crawford looks like he's getting healthier um, dealing with that. I believe it was a leg injury uh, earlier in this season, um, and that's why he's been kind of up in and out of the lineup, they really need him because he was by far their most disruptive defensive lineman last season. And when you talk about, you know, finishing your tackles against a speedy team like this, you miss a tackle, the guy behind you might not have that second chance. They are that fast. There has to be a huge emphasis on yeah. that. Week. Mm -hmm. Really important game for the linebackers, for sure, because of that. Indeed. All right, shall we get to our ACC picks? Yep. While Andrew's pulling this up, uh, folks, if you're actually listening to this podcast for betting advice, I'm going to strongly advise that you stop. Please. Because <laughs> as Andrew, I'm sure, will inform you of these specific records, all three of us are absolutely horrible at picking football games. I am the worst of the three. <laughs> and I am asking you, please stop taking our betting advice. 
You should listen to this section of the podcast for amusement and comedic value only, uh, because frankly, that's all you're going to get out of this uh, out of this section. Yeah, I've I've been able to pick these games against the spread, not not in ACC only, but just in general, like college football picks against the spread. The last two years, I finished slightly over 500. This year, that record is in serious jeopardy, boys. <laughs> well, let's inform the people of how we're doing. Last week, Mike McDaniel, and he didn't have a good one. He went one and six on his picks. Mm, bad. Drops him to 13 and 20 on the year. Ricky LeBlue didn't come in last this week. Just above it, two and five. Drops him to 11 and 22 on the year. I was three and four, only slightly losing America money at 16 and 17 on the year. Let's get it started, gentlemen. North Carolina, number 15 in the country, travels to Virginia where they're only a seven-point favorite. I thought that one was suspect. I, I talked to Norm Wood on the phone today, and he said hammer it and he said don't blame me if i'm wrong though i said i will blame you so i'm gonna take unc what do you think mike yeah i'm gonna take unc here as well um virginia looked better last week with brian armstrong back and off in the starting lineup on offense but man virginia's defense against this north carolina offense scares me a bit because virginia's defense has been a bit of a roller coaster and a lot of times this year it's been on the bad side of things rather than the good side of things so I'm going to take North Carolina, ride with the hot hand on offense. They looked really good against NC State and a nice bounce back win um, after falling at Florida State. The last six quarters of offensive football for North Carolina have been really good. Mr. LeBlue. Yeah, um, Virginia's defensive performance against Miami kind of has to be thrown out given that they were playing in the middle of a rainstorm. Um, I'm going to go with Carolina to cover that. Um, even though, yes, I, Virginia, Virginia's offense does look better with Brennan Armstrong. He is by far and away the best quarterback on that roster. All right. They are spotting Boston College 31 points as they travel to Memorial Stadium in Clemson, South Carolina. So Clemson minus 31. Mike? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to take Clemson here. I, I They didn't play great, um, obviously, against Syracuse. I I thought Clemson would play a lot better than they did. And I think that Dabo is going to want to make sure that they look good in this game against Boston College leading up to the Notre Dame matchup. Um, this is a nice tune-up game for Clemson. I don't think they want to leave any doubt. And I think this is going to be a tough game for Phil Dracovic because BC, despite what they did against Georgia Tech a week ago, cannot run the football against, against Clemson's defensive line for sure. Um, and I think this is a tough spot for BC to be uh, a one-dimensional offense because Clemson just eats those types of offenses alive. So uh, I like Clemson here going away. Ricky? I'm taking BC. Uh, 31, 31 points is a lot. And Clemson burned me last week um, going up against the worst team in the conference in Syracuse. So forget you guys. I'm going with BC. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to go with BC as well. Wow. I've seen Boston College's ability to move the ball on offense. Clemson will take a very large lead, but they're going to give the starters a little bit of rest here because they got a big Notre Dame matchup coming right up one week later. So, yeah, I think the Dabo is going to give his boys a little bit of a break. They're not going to beat him by more than 31. All right. Speaking of Notre Dame, Notre Dame travels to Georgia Tech as a 20-point favorite. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame's got a really good defense at the very least, a borderline elite defense, and they continue to play better. Notre Dame found a passing attack last week. I think they'll continue to try to find that against Georgia Tech. 
against a secondary that hasn't been very good against the pass this year. Very similar matchup to the one that Notre Dame faced a week ago with Pittsburgh, except Georgia Tech can't stop the run either. So I, I expect a very balanced Notre Dame offensive attack in this game. I think they're winning cover. Ricky. Notre Dame, book it. Same. All right. Wake Forest travels to Syracuse following their win against Tech. Wake is an 11 point favorite. Letdown spot for Wake Forest. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm not betting on Syracuse. They're terrible. So give me Wake. Wake. Uh, I'm going to go with Syracuse. Ooh. I'm not I'm not betting on Wake to beat anybody by 11. Fair. All right. Game of the week in the ACC on ESPN3.com. The Charlotte 49ers travel <laughs> north to Durham, North Carolina to take on the Blue Devils. Duke, nine and a half point favorite. Charlotte outright upset. <laughs> wow is it, is it really an upset dog dukes one and five that's what i'm saying man nine and a half seems like a lot i, I would take charlotte to cover for sure and would not surprise me I, I was a little i was joking a little bit with the outright win but would not surprise me if they were able to pull that off so give me charlotte to cover man and much like ricky just mentioned with wake forest i'm not betting on duke to cover nine and a half against anybody including charlotte yeah, I'm going to have to stick with the principle here because part of me wants to believe that, that there's no way Duke can be this bad, but I think they are that bad. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Charlotte uh, with the uh, with the points. Duke only lost, uh, you know, Virginia Tech by seven. They beat Syracuse by two touchdowns. Give me the Blue Devils. My dad went there. All right. Homer, something like that. <laughs> Actually, now that I'm reading this, Duke center Will Taylor out indefinitely due to surgery on right knee. The starting cornerback Mark Gilbert won't return this season as he <laughs> is preparing for NFL draft. Changed my mind. Oh, <laughs> you was. I like it. Right. Got I the like info. it. Got the info. Got to bet smart, Ricky. Vegas knows. <laughs> Vegas knows. doesn't know. Yeah, you don't have to tell us about betting smart. All right, and the real game of the week, if you're us, Virginia Tech on the road. First time playing Louisville since 2006 or 2005 when Marcus Vick had his little fun with his cleats oh, in God. that bowl game. I forgot Tech, about that. Then you yeah. just brought it up. Yeah. It was uh, Elvis Dumerville that he, he stomped on. Uh, but, yeah, Virginia Tech, three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go with the Hokies. Um neither one of these teams are really all that consistent right now, but if you're looking at kind of both teams on paper and how they've played over the entirety of the season, Virginia tech has played with a bit more certainty on both sides of the football than Louisville has um, every week. It seems like Louisville has had kind of something different going wrong. One week it's the offense. The next week, the offense looks good and the defense looks bad and then vice versa. It, it just seems like Louisville has kind of, struggled to find consistency i will couch that by saying that they have looked better the last three weeks and i do think that they're starting to figure something out and they'll be very good throughout the rest of the season but my gut says that virginia tech with the rushing attack against louisville's defense it's a bounce back game for the Hokies. i think they'll come out and execute better and i do think virginia tech's defense once again um, will make a few stops when they need to 
but I do think the tech defense needs to start fast this week. I, I don't think this is a game where you can kind of sleepwalk through the first half and then recover in the second half like tech has done the last couple of weeks. I, I do think the tech's defense needs to play well from the start here. And I think they will. Um, so I'm going to pick the Hokies here to win the game and barely cover. I think it'll be inside a touchdown in a very tightly contested game. I'm going to go with the Hokies. Ricky. Mike, you mentioned the defense needing to start fast. The offense needs to start fast. Um, That's weird to say, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at if you look at the, how they've done this season, the offense has usually been slow out the gate. Yeah. Um, NC and, State was really the exception. That was kind yes, of it. You're right. Absolutely. Yep. That was that. That's the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Um, if there's anything I've learned about this conference this year, it's that there's no rhyme or reason to any of these results. Um, Virginia Tech is the better team, but they have, um, they do not have the momentum going into this matchup. Louisville does uh, with a tight loss to Notre Dame, and then an absolute. Uh, whipping of Florida State, which had just come off of beating North Carolina. That said, uh, because Virginia Tech is the team that's reeling right now, they're probably going to win this game because uh, this conference is absolutely bonkers. Three and a half really isn't that many points. Uh, so I'll take the Hokies, although I have absolutely no confidence in that pick whatsoever. This is this is really a pick em game, honestly. Uh, which is got to be frustrating if you're a tech fan because Louisville's two and four. I mean, the, the, the Louisville's not um, not a good team, and the fact that Virginia Tech is in a pick'em game with a two and four team in year five of Justin Fuentes' tenure's got to be frustrating for a lot of fans. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll go with Tech. No confidence in this pick. This is going to be a really weird game. We're going to be watching Tech struggle for most of this game, probably to stretch out a lead in between Spurtle and Tack Shaver commercials. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going to be a weird-ass Saturday. The one thing, Ricky, that I'll add that, that you just mentioned about it being a pick em, the, the weird thing about it is if Tech goes and, and beats Wake Forest like they should, I don't think any of us are looking at this as a pick em game, but Tech just totally changed the narrative in a span of one week. Yeah, because um, they, they played just crazy they played poor football against yeah. a team who's who's very, very, very mediocre. Yeah. Like Boris. Yeah. Now you can't trust them. So it's it is I, no, I have <laughs> I have no trust in Virginia Tech football. And quite honestly, given Tech's track record of underperforming when they're the favorite, tech fans shouldn't have a lot of trust in the Hokies' ability to put away bad teams when they should. Right. Yeah, guys, for me, this is the ultimate hope for the best, expect the worst. The speed on the yes. outside, the speed of the running back, the how Malik Cunningham can just make you miss. It all scares the living crap out of me. It feels it, like the North Carolina it, preview, doesn't it? You like, know, it, it, it does. I mean, he, we thought Louis, Louisville was predicted by probably around 50% of pundits to be higher ranked going into the season, the Virginia tech, they were literally a ranked team. I'm, I'm not mistaken at the start of the season. We get them coming off of a big win over Florida state. I watched the entire game. They played against Notre Dame where the defense really kept it together where, you know, a game against Notre Dame, you're going to be outmatched. It, it just come, coming off of that bye week they've played much better football and that scares me. And I just have a sick feeling in my stomach. So hope for the best, expect the worst. I'm going to yep. take Louisville. 
and that'll do it for us on the Hoagie Hangover podcast. Don't worry, I'm still rooting for Virginia Tech, obviously, but uh, <laughs> it's gonna be an it's gonna be an interesting game, folks. It's gonna be an interesting game. I'm already getting the pregame stomach jitters right now, and it's Wednesday evening as we record this. I am Andrew Alex from Mike McDaniel and Ricky LeBlue. We thank you for joining us, and we'd like to thank our good friends over at Main Street Pharmacy for making this podcast possible. Make sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter now. Folks, guess, get this. You can like us on Facebook, too. Follow oh, yeah. Individually on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate us. Leave us a review. It all helps. Tell your hokey friends if you like what you're listening to. You know, we, we like to make this for you guys because we just love expanding the conversation around this football program. We're all very passionate about it. And if you're enjoying this, we, we really thank you for listening. Gentlemen, do you have any final thoughts for the people? Like us on Facebook. Yeah, um, there there could potentially be something in the oven for all of our listeners there on Facebook. So um, whenever we decide to get around to that, which I think would be in, in the near future, Very you guys soon. are definitely going to want to be following us on Facebook because uh, there's going to be some stuff coming there. Uh, also, listen to Andrew's show on ESPN Blacksburg. Um, go read Mikey's stuff. Go listen to Mikey's other podcast. Uh, read my stuff. You can follow us all on Twitter. Um, and yeah, we're we're gonna get through this crazy ass season together, boys. Uh, hopefully, things keep going well in COVID land in terms of football, um, and we can keep games going on a on a regularly scheduled basis. I know Wisconsin's having some issues with that right now. Yeah, hopefully we can come up this one and talk next Monday, and the narrative will be flipped right back. But only time will tell. We will be back on Monday to review everything Louisville. Until then, enjoy the game on Saturday, folks. Go Hokies.